Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right, here we go. Another episode. How's it going? Hello to everyone in podcast land. Thank you for joining us. As always, we appreciate it. Sean, how you feeling today? Feeling great and excited about our first movie review. It's a yeah. new thing for us. Okay, and that's indeed. So to, in today's episode, we are going to review the movie, uh, The Founder. Uh, the Founder is about um, the rise of McDonald's, the McDonald's Corporation. We all know about McDonald's nowadays, burgers, Big Macs, Golden Arches, the fries, everything. Every We know all about McDonald's. It's all in our culture, all in our daily living, whether you eat fast food or not. But this movie focuses uh, on a relationship between Ray Kroc, who is uh, credited with you know being the chairman and taking uh, McDonald's to where it received international fame. And the McDonald's brothers who actually started McDonald's uh, initially before Ray Kroc and how their paths uh, crossed with each other and, you know, the growth and the growth of the company. All right. You so get... overall, what did you think of the movie before you jumped All in? All right, like, yes, yes. Like a B, a C, an A? I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I remember when I saw it a few years ago when it first came out. Oh, and just for reference, this came out in 2016, uh, and Michael, mm-hmm. Ke- Michael Keaton was the star of this movie, so he played uh, Ray Kroc. Um, Nick uh, Offerman played one of the McDonald's brothers. Yeah. He's probably like the other most famous guy in that, right? I mean, yeah. for me at least. Yeah, well, he was, he was on The Office, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, he was on uh, Parks and Rec. Parks oh, and Rec. Parks and Rec, excuse me. Excuse me, right. Yeah. So he was on Parks and Rec. So yeah, outside of the business uh, talk aspect, I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it. It was a very interesting story. Um, and just seeing the dynamics and how things came into play and watching the movie, you know, and uh, there was just definitely certain parts in the movie. I was like, oh, like I'm rolling my eyes and <laughs> getting annoyed at certain elements, which we'll, we'll get into uh, during okay. the show. But uh, I, as a movie... By itself, I, I enjoyed it. Whether you know, outside of the business aspect, I just thought it was a good, uh, good movie. What about you? What are you, what are you rating it? Oh, I didn't even know we rating. Oh, we giving. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, you got to do it. It's a movie. On, on a, a scale B, of what? What's what's our scale? A, B, or C or D? You can give it. A oh D, no, it definitely not. Me. Not a. I would give it a. I would give it a. A little bit of a. I'll say A minus. Uh, a minus. Yeah. High B. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. I say A minus also. Yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a really good movie. And I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I wasn't expecting to, I thought it would be another um, social network or something like that. Not mm-hmm. that I didn't like social network too, mm-hmm. but um, I thought it was more like a character piece on Ray Kroc than actually, and it was. Right. But the way they went into the details of the business and how specific aspects of the business moved the story forward, like, mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know. I mean, when I, when I, when I pitched the idea to you, I was like, oh, what do you think about, Instead of a book, a movie is like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't, I'm like, I need some, I need some tangible like, business lessons. But yeah. this provided them for real. Right, so. and I definitely felt this one. If we were going to do one, this is one to do it on. You know, it isn't mm-hmm. just a glossy. Now, of course, please, we, we, you know, we're, this isn't an episode where we're going to distinguish what was fact from fiction. So, you know, we're going to comment and and di- break down the actual movie and the business lessons and stuff that we saw from there. So, please don't come in the comments and yeah we're not responsible for the accuracy of the filmmakers we're just commenting on what we saw got it got it all right so first i you know for me it was just very interesting the story of ray crop first right you know he was was a failed he was 
Serial entrepreneur. He was a serial, serial entrepreneur, serial. I, I, and I wasn't even—I was going to say a failed salesman. Then I caught myself because oh, okay. he wasn't even a failed salesman. He just wasn't as successful, I guess, as he thought he should be. Right. You know. Right. He um, even has a quote one time. He says, "Why should I settle when other men don't?" Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we 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 were introduced to Ray as um, at the point in his life where he's a little bit older, late forties, early fifties. He's a milkshake salesman. Not necessarily struggling, but not super successful, and especially not as successful. Mm-hmm. Mixer, yeah, yeah, as uh, as uh, his peers and everything as such. So, mm-hmm. um, so he meets the brothers because they actually ordered the milkshake mixers from him. The, their orders, they were doing so much business that I believe they ordered like six, and he thought it was a mistake because he couldn't even sell one to other <laughs> to other um, uh, restaurants and drive-ins. And they upped it from six to eight. He had to see what was so good. What was this business? You know, why were they doing so well that they needed eight uh, milkshake machines? Uh, milkshake <laughs> mixing from. And then upon me and them, you know, that's where we start seeing the relationship and how it develops between him and the McDonald brothers. All right. I will say when I saw this movie, I actually seen it again and, and looking at it, I kind of wanted to know more about the McDonald brothers. It's kind of like their mentality right. or like what the background, what made them so, I guess, passive or something. I don't, even know, I don't even know if they were passive. Like this, their story alone, because the, the, the film did do justice and shine a little light on them and how they came about, right? So how mm-hmm. they created the opportunities, they were poor as well, and they figured, you know, figured out how to do something, uh, you know, make some money. And they both had dreams, you know. They they really supported each other, which I really appreciated. The brothers was really they were really close, right? In a way, it was in the movie like really strong brotherly love. But how they came about, the ideas, the process. They were already successful, quote unquote, in their own right. All right, they was already successful, already thriving as a business. When they said, you know what? No, we gotta shut it down to innovate to do more, to make it better, even better, and stay ahead of the competition, which I thought was very interesting. All right, we met the brothers, and then how, how, I'll let you uh, take it away on you know the next steps in the relationship and how it started evolving into the business. Once he um, goes to the, the restaurant and see, the first thing he sees is the speedy system, mm-hmm. um, which is their way of, you know, at this point in time in, in America, the drive-in system, you know, it was slow. You would wait there 45 minutes for your meal, and then sometimes it would be wrong. Mm-hmm. But they figured out a way to have these burgers cooked fast and so fast that as soon as you order, you know, it's right there ready for you, how we're used to today. So mm-hmm. that was kind of what started, um, I think, Ray to see that they were different. You know, they had the speedy system. That was their first innovation, and mm-hmm. that was what allowed them to, you know, have those big crowds and right. and have that, that big line. So, yeah, that was kind of the next step. And that's when he realized that they had something going. Right, and so and I think to our point, I'm sorry. Um, I think to our point, or to the point of this podcast, the speedy system, right? right. That was automation in, in the 1950s. Right, that was automating <laughs> that, your, you know, your, mm-hmm. your uh, burger making system in the 1950s for maximum efficiency. So for sure. you know, that was very innovative. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we definitely can relate it to today's term. Definitely, that was automation. Um, I would say even there's a scene where the brothers is trying to get the process right. And mm-hmm. they are. They went to I think a tennis court and mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. used the grounds of the tennis court to chalk out what the kitchen would look like and go through multiple different iterations. You know, everybody talk about iterations now and innovation and uh, multiple versions on what would be the exact process in the back of that kitchen 
to mm-hmm. make sure Try that, run and beta testing. Yeah, <laughs> all of those terms that you know we like to hear nowadays as buzzwords. You know, it was already being done. It just wasn't you know packaged as such. So you know, I like I I really enjoyed seeing that whole process. You know, it's not just about the technology side. You can apply to any any business, so to speak. All right. Yeah. Um, um, so we had our episode about, um, you know, culture versus strategy. Mm-hmm. So I think oh, yeah, this yeah. <laughs> movie and this and the speedy system specifically speaks a lot to that because, okay, the speedy system was their strategy for efficiency with making the burgers and mm-hmm. having the most amount of customers come right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now we could talk about the golden arches and how that was part of the, um, the culture of McDonald's and what the, the brand identity was mm-hmm. right? because that was the next thing that Ray noticed. And that kind of made him know that he needs to be on board with these guys. Right. So, good, good, great point. Great, great point. So, you know, as I was looking and, and watching and making my notes, it definitely said, you know, there's definitely a, a clash of cultures going on here. Right. And values. Values and culture. Now, on the culture side, yeah. I would say, you know, I, I definitely admired the brothers' commitment to what they wanted the essence of McDonald's to be. You know the culture, yeah, the purity of it, right? Purity. I kind of admired that too very much. So I, yeah, I, I definitely admired and respected the culture and the purity that they wanted uh, to maintain and keep, and the integrity. Definitely the, the integrity. They definitely, you know, they tried to franchise in the past and it failed. They tried other things and it failed, and they they were okay. They were satisfied, and content, not necessarily content, saying this is it forever, but because they definitely kept changing and innovating on what they had but they wasn't really concerned with conquering the world so to speak right they they were more i think from what i remember it was implied that you know okay so there were two brothers we Mm. haven't named them yet so the mcdonald's brothers were mac and dick (laughs) Uh um mac is the one who was kind of like a little bigger a little heavier a little more overweight in the movie at least and he had some diabetes i believe Mm -hmm. health issues right and they implied that you know the last time they tried to franchise McDonald's and expand, they couldn't control the uh, operators of these locations. Right. And just the stress of dealing with managing all that mm-hmm. caused Mac to go in the hospital. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then from there, they kind of said, all right, we're going to fall back. We're going to stay in our lane. We're not going to mm-hmm. push anymore for for these health reasons. Right. right. For the health reasons. And they were satisfied with just the, the, what they had. With the, yeah. What they had. In Making the what they had good. And as, they, as good as it could be, right? And they were they then they they you know was definitely about the employees and things like that. And then I would say with Ray Kroc, you know, I didn't I didn't like him. I mean, <laughs> right? Like his, really his his <laughs> character his, character his character made it hard to like. There was parts of his character that um, I could appreciate. I definitely could appreciate and be like, I, I I get it. I totally get it. But then certain things, it was like. But at what cost, right? It kind of felt... Well, we'll get to that. But I want to make sure I'm sticking to culture. Ray was focused and dedicated to maintaining a certain culture at McDonald's as well. But in certain areas, he was more flexible, right? So, for instance, the dispute over how to make the milkshakes, whereas the brothers wanted to use and keep real milkshakes. And, and, you know, and Ray wanted to say, well, we'll save costs by uh, using the powder version, right? I think that's one of the most brilliant like piece of this movie just uh-huh. that that what you're discussing right now right. so like where do you land on that then you were of you know ray and dicks or not ray sorry dick and max uh camp where you think it's a milkshake it needs milk in it i could <laughs> well oh i should get full disclosure i've worked at mcdonald's <laughs> for a long for a while as a kid you know my high school and early college years um so 
I don't know. That if gives you a whole nother context to this. I, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> people who know me, who I've spoken to about my years at McDonald's, I've always said it was probably one of the, one of my, I had a lot of fun working at McDonald's. It's just a shame they couldn't pay me more. I probably would still be working there if, if the pay scale and compensation was in line with other industries, right? But I uh, definitely enjoyed it. But as far as what line I, uh, which side of the fence I was in that argument, to be quite honest, I, I, I don't know. I definitely could see Ray's perspective, but for me, my, the way how I move, I would lean more towards the brothers because it's their vision. It's their goal, right? It, it was their vision. And this is their quality of standards, right? Ray was driven more to, uh, cut costs and maximize profit because in a sense he signed a bad deal, Right. <laughs> If his deal was cut a little bit better uh, with the brothers to franchise and expand, you know, it probably wouldn't be as hard a press to figure out ways to maximize profit. But to be quite honest, the way his personality is, he probably could have been getting a better deal and still would have tried to find other ways to maximize or cut costs or something like that. That's kind of how I took it. But then I also felt from a culture perspective, he definitely... Had there were some parts of him that wanted to maintain certain aspects of the McDonald's culture, like when he brought in uh, his friends from his country club to become franchisees, right? And he would visit their locations and notice the quality of the burgers wasn't up to par. You know, the the, the squirt of ketchup wasn't even across the burgers and not right amount of pickles. You know, he stuff, yeah. he ran up on them on a on a golf course. I was like, what's going on? You're not adhering to the quality and the culture of this business. So in certain areas he was about coaching quality while also trying to focus on being forward thinking in the future where the brothers was more their culture was let's keep it real pure. We're making enough enough money. We're successful. We don't need to reinvent the wheel, you know. And Ray had a lot of ideas. He wanted to sponsor the menu board with a Coca Cola logo. And that was another one, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was just like, if, like, why not? You know, Coca Cola is a, another food service industry. Mm -hmm. Y'all being and being aligned with Coca Cola just shows how legit y'all are. I mean, I'm thinking of it from a 2020 perspective, of course. So, right. I mean, but I mean, even in the 50s, man, Coca Cola is <laughs> an American staple. So, what? So it should be even more so. Like, I don't know. I was just that one got me too. That was the first one. That was the first kind of test of the relationship in terms of like expanding. Right. If I remember correctly. So yeah. So let's clarify for the audience what the deal was that he made with them and how things started getting. Iffy. Sure. Yeah. So let's do that. first, you know, he went to them when he met them and he saw what was going on. He was like, "Well, I think uh, you know, let's franchise. Let's fran you know, let's franchise." And they was like, "We've done that. We've been there, done that. We can't maintain the quality, traveling X Y Z." Uh, and they shut him down. Then he came back and gave him like a impassioned, a passionate <laughs> speech and everything. Do it for America. He yeah. brought, you know, so basically the deal that he signed was he was the head of franchising of, of the franchisees division. So he would go get the business, um, you know, and with franchise, you pay a fee to a the bigger corporation to you know live off their brand and their name and their location. You get a, they get a cut of the profits and so forth, right? So. That was his way in and doing partnerships with them. All right. Am I missing anything there, Sean? No, um, but I do just want to say, I just want to expand a little bit because mm. I think it's relevant uh, right. for the salespeople listening. Okay. The way he pitched them when he mm. came back and he mm -hmm. said, do it for America, he mm -hmm. said, 
as he was driving up and down the highways, you know, you see crosses on top of churches, mm-hmm. and and then he associated that with the Golden Arches and right. said, you know, Golden Arches will be the new American church. So mm. I just thought that was like an mm. interesting sales pitch. Right, yeah. so. uh, and that also brings another point about sales in general, right? And and I know we're doing another episode, we're doing a future episode about sales. Sales people get a lot of crap, right? <laughs> they get, you know, there's a lot of bad stigmas and stereotypes associated with salespeople and some of it is is warranted you know if you've worked with salespeople and some of it isn't but i will say for me in business and my business and in businesses that i've had over the years i am not a salesperson all right i i really i'm not a natural salesperson i don't even it, it just makes me uncomfortable that i have to do that right but working in close proximity to salespeople i definitely have a high appreciation and respect for what they do they you know they have they have you we talk about thick skin in the industry and and just in general they have to have the thickest of thick skin right because they're gonna get no way more than they get yes right Mm -hmm. yeah and in this scenario with ray you know he was getting no so many times so many times and he would just with the same people he would meet a second time around telling them no again right you get and just go back um and over the years, as I've become more familiar and comfortable with the sales process and meeting with people and selling them as as on my own, you know, you come to realize that, you know, they say that first no, you ignore that first no, <laughs> you know, uh, first no just means no this time around. They'll keep coming back, right? Um, and which is kind of his approach and what he did. They said no, and he kept coming back. So he was a salesperson. He was going to try to get the deal no matter what. Like, I felt like he would have probably stalked them until they cut some kind of deal. That's that's the energy I got, the way he kept pitching and coming back with them. Yeah, um, he fell in love with that restaurant, for right, sure. Right, So then, because of the we deal... We talking about the structure of the deal, right? Right, the structure of the deal. The way how it was set up, he, you know, he wasn't making a lot of money. He was growing the McDonald's franchise business for the brothers, and you know, and and it always was a conflict with the brothers on ideas and things to add to these new locations, right? It was always conflicts. They was always arguing with each other. He wanted to do this. They were like, no, it's in the contract. It's in the contract. And then what we realized is that he's opening all these restaurants. Ray is opening all these restaurants, but he's not profitable himself. He's responsible for all of this growth of the business, but he's not profitable. And let's also, uh, you know, bring up, spoiler alert, well, this has been spoiler since we first started, but, uh, you know, he 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 mortgaged his house without his wife knowing, which we'll get into that. Uh, uh, to, Can we talk about Oh, oh we're, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about that. Very much so. Oh, yes, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. So, you know, he did a lot of things that wasn't the most sound thing to do financially to get in on this business and come to find out he wasn't as profitable. So with all these, um, you know, conflicts, the money's not going the way it needs to go. He's not as profitable, even though he's helping the business growing. He's about to lose his mortgage. He, by happenstance, meets a gentleman in the bank who essentially helps him find a loophole to get out of his deal. And not necessarily get out of his deal with the McDonald brothers, but to uh, make the deal that he has with the McDonald's brothers more lucrative for him uh, in the state of a real estate company. So working with the franchisees, but his company is the ones that is the uh, lease, they lease the land to the franchisee. So now he is able to make money and become more profitable on his own. 
Yeah, essentially he he created a new business mm-hmm. that is the the like you said the the I guess the lease the lessee is that yeah, the leaser yeah. of the mm-hmm. land mm-hmm. yeah they lease out the lease out the land right and that so that company owns the land for every McDonald's location right but the the brothers get still on the franchises themselves so mm-hmm. everything within I think that they said within the doors is theirs yeah but the land is on and everything around it is yeah excuse me yeah. So everything you 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 hit it right on point. So you know there was a conflict, and I believe, oh man, the name of the the first iteration of the name was just you know pretty much nondescript and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But then it started getting crazy because he renamed it to the McDonald's Corporation, mm-hmm. right? And that, <laughs> you know, by naming it the McDonald's Corporation, obviously makes people think that it's the McDonald's franchise. You know, we're talking intellectual property rights, trademarks, all of that stuff. But he was within his legal rights to name it that way. So, you know, you're franchising through McDonald's, but then you're leasing the land through the McDonald's corporation, right? And that's where the profits really started to roll in for him as the, you know, the provider of the land and working these deals for all these franchise franchisees that was cr- being created Um through him so he was signing him up so he would still get his cut of the franchise fee but the real big money was coming through the land uh uh through the land of the mcdonald's corporation right right so now the part that confused me a little bit just because of my lack of knowledge in it is so what was the plan before he was doing that he was buying the land on his own credit that's why he had to lease his house you as, know, a, as a collateral I, i'm not like, what was Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was a question. Go ahead. Um, so he wasn't doing it on his own collateral because he didn't even have enough on his own. You know, his house wasn't going to be enough for all that. He was essentially, it was just, they was working through the banks and independent, you know, the franchisees would pick the land and pick the property and, and go through the yeah. banks and he would work yeah. with them. So he wasn't even getting a cut of that. So once he created the company, he can get a cut of the real estate deal that was going along as well. So the, the structure of the new, the new, the company, it mm-hmm. would... Was it purchasing? It was purchasing the land first, selecting the location, yeah, mm-hmm. going out to the franchisees and saying, "Hey, this is where you can operate." Right. Versus, mm-hmm. versus selling them, "Hey, go make a McDonald's wherever you want." Now, right. I will say, I'm not totally sure if they, if, because now, if I'm not mistaken, now McDonald's has it where you know they have predetermined land that you can work on. I'm not sure if the first iteration of his business uh, was with predetermined locations. Um, or if the franchise he still was able to pick, but I don't. At least according to the movie, the guy that was one of the dude, and I don't remember the actor's name. He's from the Office, though. Uh-huh. Um, the guy who gave him the idea to become a real estate company. Oh yeah, he that's that, how, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he mentioned how like people are choosing their own locations and right. how it doesn't make sense. So Got it. I'm so, assuming that was part of the okay, whatever, fair, the fair, fair. But the main main point is that um, McDon- Michael Keaton's uh, character Ray Kroc. Uh, created the corporation that would essentially be in control of the land and making money and not the McDonald's brothers. The McDonald's brothers is just responsible for the actual store. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they get their profits mm-hmm. from all the whatever the, the store itself makes. Right. That's right. how um, Dick and Mac get their profits. Right. And franchise fees and so forth. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So then from there, you know, more conflict as well. You know, there was already conflict, but now. You're create. You've incorporated a company using me and my brother's last name. Uh, you know the name of the restaurant. So now mm-hmm. there's more competition, more issues, more conflict, and you know it just keeps spiraling. At this point, there was really no point of a point of no return, right? Um, but what happens is because 
you know, Ray Kroc, you know, has the McDonald's Corporation and is popping up all these other McDonald's all over the country, um, you know, he amassed more money than the brothers. You know, he got more money than the brothers. He became more profitable, um, you know, richer. So essentially, uh, he forced them out, more or less. Like, the brothers could have sued, and they did threaten to sue. And even Ray admitted, like, if you sue, you would win, right? You would win. However, you don't have enough money to fight me in courts and outlawyer me. I'll bleed you dry through the court process. Uh, that was essentially what he said. I'll ble- you would win, but I would bleed you dry. So this is where it got to. And throughout the, um, the trials and tribulation of this, the brother, uh, the one who already had diabetes an issue, you know, he had another collapse and attack, uh, diabetic attack or a heart attack, you know, fell out again. So, of course, don't want to add that additional stress on the, the upcoming litigation battles and stuff, right? That would have happened. Um, so then they work out a deal. Now, you know, we're fast forward and, you know, they, they kind of realized they were not going to win, which is very, it was very heartbreaking for me to watch that, to be quite honest. Um, you know, they signed, they, they worked out a deal. They gave Ray his, his, the price that they wanted to be brought out. Um, he agreed to it. The terms were, however, that the brothers couldn't even use their name. On, on any McDonald's anymore, on any future McDonald's, right? And then the last part, you want to you want to speak to that last part? Sumi is talking about they wanted to maintain the original location, or not even the original, but their location that they've been manning, the San, uh, San Bernardino location, right? right is that right. what you're referring to? Actually, I'm talking about the handshake deal. <laughs> well, that was, wasn't that part of the handshake deal? That's exactly it. It was uh, that part of the handshake deal to get that. I, they wanted to retain that store, mm, and then also the rights to the royalties to... Jump no. in for me. I forget what the royalty no the royalty were. the royalty was the handshake part of the deal. They still got to keep uh, they still got to keep their location, but Ray opened up a McDonald's like right right, right across the yes, street from them and right. put them out of business. You're so right. they got to, yeah they got to keep their business and their location. But the last part of the deal was a royalty deal, one percent mm-hmm. of royalties uh, for McDonald's for the rest of the life for the life of the company, one percent, which was not written in the contract. And Ray, uh, you know. Doing what, a making deal. a handshake yeah. deal. Now, why? Why did he do that? And why did they agree? Listen, all right. So, all right. Let, I'm gonna get back to that. They signed okay. he, the handshake deal. Gave him a handshake deal. The brothers never got that part of that handshake deal. And you know, at last mm-hmm. count, uh, adjusted for inflation, would have amounted to a, a hundred million over a hundred million in sales to this day that they would have just benefited off. Now, mm-hmm. your question: What did you say? Why did? Why did Ray propose a handshake deal? I, I guess I've never, okay. I've never heard of it in, in, a, in a in a situation with that much money. With that much money, yeah. So and then why they accept it? That I'm gonna tell you that. This. this is the way I took it. I felt like this is just him. I felt like it was BS. I felt like he never had any intentions to make good on that deal anyway. No. I, I, so I felt like that was just done to. He knew he wasn't going to uphold that side of the bargain, right? So he did it. Uh, you know, let's get the deal, put the pressure on. That was that salesman and energy, in my opinion. It was like, hey, you know, my lawyers, my lawyers couldn't get it in, you know, couldn't get it in the contract, but trust me, we're going to make it right. I mean, you got my word on it. And to me, that really stood out to say, we got, you got my word on it. When throughout the movie, it was clear his word meant nothing to him. 
Nah, yeah, if it furthered the business, he didn't care about it. He didn't care. His word meant nothing throughout time and time again. His word meant nothing. He was hanging up on him. He was a habitual line stepper. The whole shebang bang. So for him to pull that move at the end, I I just didn't even. I felt uneasy watching it. Like, don't shake this man's hand. It's not the same here. (laughs) It's not going to end well. So uh, so yeah, I just felt like. He was like, I'm not giving him nothing, you know, and just the way how he was talking about the other deals that was happening. Once he got to a certain point, um, he was getting his money and everything, you know, he really, you know, he really showed who he truly was. I think the biggest slap in the face is when he sent um sent them the strawberry milkshake mix. Oh, Wasn't yeah. that like the biggest? Yes, very very <laughs> passive, very passive aggressive tactics. It wasn't even that passive, bro. Oh yeah, was, you're right. Let me just salt, petty, very just whack, habitual line stepping going on there. Um, for sure, no, definitely for sure. And um, yeah, like when once I saw, so let's talk about it. You know, they say okay. they say. They say money doesn't change you. It just shows who you really are. Right? And I and I hear mm-hmm. that a lot. Like so if you were if you were rich and you were if you were poor and uh you know, you probably a mean person, maybe just wasn't on the level like that. Maybe you could quote unquote afford to be a mean person, but you know, the money allows you to really show who you are and whatnot, right? And I felt like this money really showed who he really was. Um, and once he started getting the money, it just became, I just, the morph, the morphing of it. But, you know, I can't even say he really morphed into something different than what he was in the beginning. It's just that in the beginning, it was the energy that he portrayed was more of a loser energy or failed or not as successful as he thought he should be. He always had that spark. You could tell he always had that ambition. Right. But he he could, he hadn't lived up to what he thought he could be. Right, sure. right. He didn't live up to what he thought he would be. He was kind of the butt of the jokes amongst his peers, especially with the businesses and, oh, another business idea, right, and X, Y, Z. One thing I did like about him, because I'm not trying to just... You know, he listened to a lot of self... What self help books or records and motivation? That was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. listening to the motivational uh, records. Yeah. yeah, and then also driving. I think he was listening to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which yeah. I didn't know how they did back then. But yeah, a little eight track or I don't. <laughs> yeah. <I> don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really thought that was good, and you know, and aspects of it. You know, I definitely took a few business cues from it, which we'll get into in a second. But you, you wanted to talk about. From the, like the character himself, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, well, I mean, no, you, you spoke about it. Yeah, him listening to motivational um, records, him mm-hmm. practicing his sales pitch in the mirror, and mm-hmm. even before before he uh, when he's waiting for Mac and Dick to come to McDonald's and to give him the the New American Church, you saw he had notes written down. Right. So he probably wrote it out mm-hmm. and practiced it and performed it. So mm-hmm. it's 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 those are classic things like that you learn as a right. salesperson to do. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Yeah, I uh, you know I would say as a business person, and he was he was definitely prepared, which we always speak about, right? Like mm-hmm. the the un the stuff they don't teach you, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to becoming a successful business person, that pres uh preser- perseverance, right? You got to be stay on top of it. You fail, get back up, try again, you know, innovate, re-energize, all of that type of stuff. You know, as you know, I'm big and. I'm a big believer on learning from your failures, right? And mistakes and, and improving upon it. And he definitely, you know, was that. Like, I'm going to keep going at it. 
no matter what. Especially when you consider the age that he was at. At that age, that is a prime time for a lot of people to a lot of people would probably have put in a towel. Don't don't yeah. in the towel. And I think that's what I admired about him. As shysty as he was, <laughs> he was determined at that age. And really that's what was like kind of it was captivating to me because I'm right. like, yo, this guy mm-hmm. still has the determination of a twenty year old. Right. Know? And then and it's not like he is like, okay, so you have the pursuit of happiness is another movie that people try to draw comparisons to for some reason. Because uh-huh. it's about, you know, a struggling person overcoming and all this. But he was living in like poverty. He was right. sleeping in a bathroom. Like Ray had a nice house. He was right. good. He had a wife. It wasn't like he was easy. He could easily be been complacent at that age and at mm-hmm. that time. And he was still like determined. So I did admire that about him. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely admire that. But see, now let's bring in the wife because I've wanted to talk about that. We talk about, you know, the people in your life and how they support you and help the business and and they can either support you or not support you and that can be a determining factor in uh and how you if you're successful or or not it's not just about you it's the people in your life whether they're providing that additional support i felt his wife definitely supported him she been with him through thick and thin oh that's the way it was portrayed right and she was actually she was helping him get clients, and she was trying to help him get new franchise. I felt like she was really riding out for him, but he just he didn't see it. He didn't appreciate it to an extent, you know. Yeah, she she I think she wasn't as enthused about his seventh idea as, as, <laughs> as he was, right? Um, which is understandable. Right. And then and then you know if we're gonna keep it real, he. He 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 was intrigued by I don't remember the actress's name. Yeah, but she's a uh, Hawkeye's wife in, in, in Hulk- the Avengers. Oh, that's <laughs> Hawkeye's wife is. in the Avengers. Yeah, see, yeah, it's funny. It's funny you're using a comic book reference because her husband is is the Watchman. Yeah, that was my frame of reference. Uh, frame of reference, but yeah. So, but yeah, clearly he was infatuated with her, and oh, then her so. introducing the idea of the milkshakes was so. I mean, there's, that's too perfect. There was no way that's really how it happened. I, that's got to be a written, written because <laughs> that was just yeah, because it was just too perfect because she's the object of all of this vice. I, I don't want to call it vice. That's too strong, but deception that, uh-huh. he's, that he's running. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just interesting. I just oh listen, I'm this is not a relationship podcast, but the amount of nah. di- the the amount of dirty mac and that he was doing. <laughs> dirty macking. That's a good that's a good way to put it. I was like, what is going on here? I just felt like, you know, the wife, you know, if if it wasn't working out with him and the wife, you know, so be it. You know, it, it is what it is when life happens like that sometimes and it doesn't work out. But I just felt like, and the wife was played by Laura Dern, um, and you know he just, it just it was it just felt like no matter what she did to try to support him, it was never going to be enough. But at the nah. same time, she was there. She's been through so many ventures with him, like how 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 many more, right? And what I thought was interesting was the more success they they he achieved, they achieved, um, the quality of the life started changing. Right, they they were, in terms of their relationship, you yeah, mean, like well, not, and just where they or... and just where they went, just where they went. Like for instance, he was part of this club, this supper club, and you know they had nice dinners and things like that. But then he was like, I don't even want to hang with them. Now he was so successful, he was like, forget them, we're going to another place, and which the other place was like a bingo hall with you know <laughs> with, with military men, and, and that's fine, but it definitely wasn't the same energy, right? It was just. It's like, what happened? What's going on? So he's feeling like he's doing it. And she's just like, her quality life, it appeared to have been, you know, it's being lowered a 
along the way. And then the wife, uh, Joan, I believe her name is Joan, the, the, the one he left his wife for for the other lady. You know, it is it was it is what it is with her, but it just yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to do some research to get the actual factors on that aspect because that was a little yeah. bit. I mean, yeah. I saw that. I mean, yeah, I'm curious what the real story is. That could be another movie, too, like you said, just that dynamic. Right. Um, but, I mean, the way I saw it, just if we're going to break it down, uh, it was he saw a woman who was more invested in McDonald's than his wife was. Right. And that was what attracted her to him. Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So let's, um, let's, though, we've, we talked about the movie enough and we talked about a lot of different aspects of the business of the movie. Um, what were some of your business lessons or ideas that you took away that you, think would be you know um i mean definitely and it's gonna have a circle back to some of the things we discussed already but definitely the um profit margin thing Mm -hmm. you know how and that's where the milkshakes came into play they were saving on refrigeration Mm -hmm. and uh all that other stuff just through this one process of you know so yeah profit margin that's kind of like a lesson there um branding with the real estate the church Mm -hmm. the new um, with the making McDonald's the new American church, mm-hmm. like that's a concept I get, and maybe I have the benefit of seeing it come to fruition <laughs> in my real life, so mm-hmm. I know what he was talking about. But right. it was just an awesome picture he painted, so that was one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also, um, and that relates to Golden Arches, but then also the speedy system and automation was one of the first things we talked about. It's just early ways of making your process and your workflow as efficient and fast as possible. It's just like, especially if you're in a product game like that mm-hmm. or a service game like that, it's just, it's, it's a good, good thing to have. So. Right. Right. Got it. No, I, I agree. I mean, definitely in regards to the profits, you know, I thought it was very, yeah. uh, very good with the brothers, the brothers at first told them we had this big menu of, everything we we offer chicken we offer this we offered so many other things and then they realized well uh actually only the burgers <laughs> the burgers uh the milkshakes. the milkshakes and um i believe it was soft the soft drinks the soft, yeah yeah it was the biggest sellers and so that's mm-hmm. what allowed them to focus and say okay well um you know, this is what we're going to focus on to do that. So that was a good lesson. Um, just to focus. and that's looking at the numbers, looking at right. the returns, looking at yeah, looking at the purchase orders, and you see a montage of uh, Dick going through all that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. those 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 are vanity metrics back in it. Those are the me- not even vanity metrics. Those are the real metrics. Back yeah, in real metrics. Yeah, because those are uh, actionable change. Yeah, actionable change, change for sure, for definitely. Um, I would say for me, a big oh man, you can't. You know, we're talking about the good business lesson. You got to also learn the selecting the right business partners and knowing who you're going into business uh, with. Uh, <laughs> he gave me the mm-hmm, the church, the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I can think of when I was watching that movie. I'm watching it and I'm just like, they just the brothers and Ray just value wise don't align, right? Because I feel like even. If their values align, I feel like they could have come to a better place, right? But from the beginning, the va- their values weren't even the same. They didn't necessarily need to be the same people and be from the same tribe, but the value system just was not aligning. So um, there was there was too many there was too many problems early on mm-hmm. where I felt like these are red flags. I would have nipped it in the bud, and I feel like uh, the brother, the one who uh, um, his name is drawing a blank, but the one that was on Parks and Rec. He he, he oh, duh, that's dick. Yeah, he knew what was up. 
He was getting hung. From the jump. Yeah, yeah he, he knew what was right up. away. He, he wasn't on board. He wasn't. And what convinced him was Max saying, this is your dream. Like, right. He, he, he's bigger than your dream. Right. And right. I think that was, like, interesting because bigger than your dream is, mm. like, crazy. Right. <laughs> it's your dream, so. it definitely. I mean, I I I reflected on a, a few of my past partnerships, you know, business partnerships, and mm-hmm. when I knew it was time to go or, or or stuff like that. And I will say, personally, nobody's gonna be hanging up on me like that. <laughs> we ain't gonna be in business, like not if I'm the it's, one it's, the contract it's, for you, bro. It's not like. going down. Next time I see you. It's gonna get physical. You're not gonna be contracts getting canceled and so forth. So I just think you know things like that. Just kind of you definitely. So yeah, that's a good business lesson then, because there's no there was no system of checks and balances for that contract. Or right. Something. And like he had no incentive to. I mean, yeah, he couldn't proceed with his mm-hmm. plans without their consent, but right. there was no consequences for him breaching that. Really. Right. 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 So um, you know, I just like oh, but. One another thing I will say both on both ends because another thing I took away was you know looking for ways to improve your business never get too comfortable and I don't think the brothers were I know I, I never felt like the brothers got too comfortable they were comfortable in the arena that they was in but they was always looking for ways to improve the business improve the process you saw early on they was talking about the temperature and the time and I, I can't speak for McDonald's but the McDonald's I worked with I. I would eat there as a regular customer. You know, people work at places and have these horror stories about. You yeah, know, I wouldn't eat there. Mm-hmm, yeah, no. I wouldn't let my friends come. Yeah, yeah. McDonald's, all that. You know, I would always tell people go and whatnot. It was always about improvement. And these brothers, at least these brothers, exemplify that in in in, in the movie. Temperature change. I don't so, want to go back, but you just reminded me with the temperature change of another ahead. like the first time Dick met. Um, Ray, uh-huh. he's already trying to tell him how to do the fries. Exactly. He's like, I, he exactly. right in, like, going on the outside, so on the inside. Like, he's like, who are you? Like, who are you? Who are you in my kitchen for? Get out of here. Get out of here. So, uh, <laughs> so I feel like they, they, all three of them was trying to improve the business, but in their own way. And I think, you know, no matter what your business is, you're always going to be, or you should always think about how can you improve it. Um, and and look look for ways on how you should improve it, but uh, it just in in this case, the vision was different for for both sides on how to move forward and improve the business. Yeah, know? they had different scruples and different tactics that they would use, but right. I think ultimately they all wanted the best for McDonald's. But Dick and Mac were willing to be a little more pure about it, if it even if it took longer. So right, and I and I'm gonna say you know one thing I also think is about the personalities, the brothers. <laughs> You can, you know, the way it was depicted, you know, Ray had definitely some sort of a complex to an extent, right? Like, he had to prove something, right? Like, mm-hmm. whereas the brothers came off as more self-assured, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, more confident in themselves and just knowing what it was. It was fine. They didn't, they didn't have to prove anything to their friends at the supper club. And they didn't have to prove to their wife that, you know... They were the man and, you know, all of that other stuff. So that also was the driving motivation. Whereas Ray, he just had, he had a lot to prove to all his, he was definitely persistent and didn't give up on his dreams, but you could definitely see he had a lot to prove to people who he felt doubted him and slighted him over the years, which was a different motivation and driving factor. Right. right. 
So yeah, yeah, they were purely motivated by the smile on those kids' faces. That's why they fired up the grill when they were going to close. Yeah. Some kids showed up. Mm-hmm. And that was their motivation to then. And then Ray, it was, like you said, it was more from, right. you know, bolstering things. Yeah. And uh, last last point I want to make uh, is the qu- uh, quality customer service. They both, they both were focused on customer service. It just came out mm-hmm. in, in, in different ways. Again, it manifested itself in different ways. You know, the brothers was more about the smile on the face and the kids and, you know, maintaining that quality. And I would say Ray definitely cared about the quality as well. As you can see, he rolled up on his franchisees on the golf course. and like, why is the burger looking like this? But he still, he wanted it to come at the cost of him being the man, you know, whereas the brothers were like, we're fine just running it and making the people happy. But no matter what business you have, if you have no customers, you have no business. So you have to maintain a focus on quality customer service, right? Right. So I think you just kind of teed up what I was going to ask you as my final question. Mm-hmm. So if you if you had to pick, you got to pick between the three, Ray, Mac, and Dick, and, and they're placing you in that movie. They're placing oh, you in that man. position. Yo, what's, who, what's who going on? Got, who are you picking? Who are you going to be out of I, I can't. I, I can't see myself as Ray, to be quite honest. I can't see no. myself as Ray. It's just... I mean, there's parts of him that I definitely could respect and can see certain things in me, like the persistence and the determination. But uh-huh. my personal energy, I'm, you know, knocking on wood and speaking it now, but I, I don't. It just, it doesn't sit well with me to feel like, to, to it doesn't fit, sit well with me to even think that I have to consider th- doing something as devious as he did, you know, uh-huh. to for a business deal. If it's, if we got to do a lot, then for me, it's not worth it. You know, personally. Um, so I think you're a dick. If I could guess, then you're probably is that, uh, Nick, Nick Offerman's character. Which one was that? The uh, the the one with the glasses, the brother. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the I, one who yeah. came up with speedy system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would probably be me more. Like, don't like my stuff is working. Don't tell me what to do. Don't roll up in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm probably I would probably make some sacrifice. Like, the, you know, he was very close with his brother, so he definitely made some sacrifices on behalf of his brother. And I could definitely see me doing that for family or whoever I was in partner with, who I really felt, you know, that kinship with. So I could definitely say I'm aligned with that aspect. I definitely, I probably wouldn't be the other one, the uh, the bigger one who 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 had the the, the diabetes. yeah. Because I guess yeah. I'm just I just I'm just more. Uh, you he was know, naive. He's, he's a little naive. naive. He's a little naive. He's a good person, but definitely a little naive. So I all right that you thank you you helped me out. That's who I would be. So who would you <laughs> who would you who would you be? Well, me, I just, you know, made him seem horrible. I definitely, but still, I still think I would be uh, Ray. I mean, just, I, I, the whole movie, I'm I'm empathizing with him, even oh, though, wow. like, up until, up until the point where he started stealing from them straight up, where he said, I'm taking your stores. Right, that, right. I mean, I would never do anything like that, but I mean, his frustration with them not wanting to move forward uh-huh. every step of the way I was on board, and, and like, so yeah, I think I'm Ray. Okay. Um, oh, goodness. Oh. I guess I gotta call the lawyers after this call. And see <laughs> you make some golden. Like yeah, it was like Sean bought the break. He took, you know, see stuff like that. Out there. He took the credit for the golden arch. He's like, he yeah, did. something I came up with. He like, did now, take, all that stuff. Did I'm you? Not on board he for. did. Yeah, he did take credit, and even in his language and how he, you know, calling it. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, nah, that was shy. I just, but I mean, I get the determination. Like I'm, I, I do admire that about him. He was determined to win matter what so uh, fair enough all right well good to know good to know where you stand sir watch my back watch my back moving forward good to know <laughs> and i know i count you to have the process lit so yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Uh, so, you know, final, as, as we're wrapping up, definitely, I think, in general, it's a good movie, right? Definitely yeah, would recommend... Great. I would de- we definitely recommend you, you know, check it out if you have never seen it or, you know, if you've never seen it, definitely worth just checking out. Even if you're not, um, you know, even if you're not business focused or a business person, I just think it's a good story and it's, it's a good, you know, uh, good pace movie, good storytelling, you know, just to figure, see how they, how McDonald's came about. If you are business focused and are, uh, you know, trying to start your business and just, just looking for some type of inspiration or different insight on how you should go about it, whether you have partners, don't have partners, thinking big, growing, scaling. This is also a good movie because there's a lot of business lessons to be learned in this movie, for sure. Uh, for sure. We didn't even talk about contracts. but so uh, That's yeah, true. There's yeah. a lot, you know. Um, and what about you, Sean? Would you agree? Or, yeah. yeah, and I just think there's a lot of... There's not a lot of information out there about franchising and just like how McDonald's is really a real estate business, mm-hmm. not a food company. Yeah. And this, like, you know, and this movie breaks down why for you. So if you're just interested about why does McDonald's on certain kind of corners and it's very, seems like they all fit a certain, you know, mm-hmm. like why they're in certain neighborhoods and certain places in the neighborhood, certain blocks on the corner, it's, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of the genesis of that. So. All right, so that's a wrap for this week's episode. If you have a question you would like us to answer in the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels or shoot us an email at questions at businessgrindshow.com. Also, if you like the show and information we're providing, please share with your friends and help us grow. See you again soon. In the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.